Welcome to the At The Hive Podcast, part of the SB Nation network of podcasts. On today's episode, Zach and I battle through some internet connection issues to talk about Kimball Walker's return to Charlotte, the Hornets playing a nationally televised game, and coming down to earth after their three-game win streak, whether or not James Borrego should look into changing the lineup based on the play of some of the players on the team, who's buzzing, who's wasn't, and a look ahead to the next three games against the Pelicans, the 76ers, and the, the Grizzlies. Let's get started. At the High Podcast, I am Jonathan DeLong, and as always, I'm joined by Zach. Zach, how are you? At guard, measuring in at six foot one from the Bronx, New York, he is Kemba Walker. I'm good, <laughs> that, Jonathan. How that you was, doing? That was cool. Well, yours is cool too, but the, the real one was cool, cooler than yours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nothing is cooler than what i do jonathan no, no. <laughs> but i did like yeah i, I was, really liked that yeah i was a little worried not super super worried but a little bit worried that people would be salty and like boo him or give him a lukewarm reception um i'm really glad that buzz city stepped up and was like nah this this guy deserves a rousing like a rousing applause i couldn't agree i mean yeah there's just nothing else to do with the best basketball player to ever play in Charlotte. Um, and we made him cry. Uh, uh, not just him. I got text messages <laughs> and uh, I talked to friends who were like getting misty eyed and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, man, you could have gone to the games while he was here. And it would have been <laughs> just as emotional. <laughs> I, I, my, my girlfriend came home at like halftime and I told her about it. And she like almost cried because she's such a big uh, Kimba <laughs> fan too. So, um, I thought, and it was a good strategy, I think, on the Hornets' part and on Cody Zeller's part with the shoes that had all like the "We miss you, Kimba" messages and stuff on it. Because I think <laughs> that's partly to blame for Kimba shooting so poorly in the first half. He just couldn't see through his tears. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, it was a basketball strategy. Yeah, if it was a basketball <laughs> strategy, that's the only basketball strategy that worked in that game for the <laughs> It was I when I wrote the the little post about Cody Zeller's shoes, I really wanted to. Like about the basketball strategy behind it, but it felt really out of place in like an overall like heartwarming thing about Cody Zeller doing a campaign for charities and his foundation and stuff, and then be like, by the way, we're gonna make Kimball Walker cry, so he's bad at basketball. Like it's like, yeah, meh. we'll save that for like Twitter or <laughs> comment section or something. Heart, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 all it was. But the recording, the the timing of this recording is interesting too. Of this recording the show because. My first question to you, had we recorded this before the Celtics game, was going to be, are the Hornets actually good? Because they had won three straight games and got people riding, yeah, riding my, high. My answer would have been the same before. Yeah, my answer would have been the same before as after the answer is no. And yeah. that's okay. The Hornets no, can be entertaining. 
but they're mm-hmm. not a good basketball team right yet. No, and that was the, the that's the correct answer, I guess. But um, it, it it was very easy, I think, prior to the Celtics game to be like, well, maybe this team will just figure it out and come together and uh, keep winning games against injured teams by one score all season for 82 games. Yeah, exactly. And I'll admit right now, because we talked about these games as we always do in our previous podcast, and I predicted that they were going to lose the Kings game. I predicted they were going to lose to the Warriors. Even uh, I didn't know at the time that Steph had incurred that injury but i yeah. would have predicted that they lost to the warriors you know in golden state it, they're not a good team but they are putting together runs that look like they can gel into a winning team in the next year maybe even in the next two years yeah there it's right now it's a collection of talented young players that aren't good nba players getting talented and being good and then they're not a good team yet because they're all young and NBA team basketball is very, very difficult, especially for young players. And there are no, there are no stars. And the only person who is in the kind of beta version, the, um, you know, pre-star mode <laughs> is PJ, maybe possibly PJ Washington. And let's not get too, you know, over our over our belt about PJ Washington becoming a star. Let's allow him to evolve, allow him to grow before we start putting him, you know, in the all-star game or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- I still believe he's the MVP rookie of the year just because of his first game, which was really, really fun. But yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to take time. He's still very, very bad defensively more so positionally than like talent wise. And, you know, he's got his moments where he looks a little, unsure of himself on offense when he's not making immediate decisions. So, so it's going to take time. But um, one other thing. So I thought the Celtics game was good from an expectation standpoint. And that I thought like reading on Twitter and reading in like comment sections and stuff, I, not that it's bad to be optimistic, but I think unwarranted optimism sets you up for disappointment and like sets, uh, uh, it creates unfair expectations. And I think we were getting to that point with the Hornets after their wins over the Kings, uh, Warriors, and Pacers. Yeah, couldn't agree more. The Celtics are a top four, five team in the East. Um, yeah. And we should lose to those types of teams as we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, it's a good... I, I, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's a good, yeah, it's a good, like, barometer good of where the team is. Yeah, because you're right. It does set expectation, and I think that it was the one of the best losses we could have had because of the emotion of Kemba coming back home. Mm -hmm. The people were excited to watch the game, even if the basketball wasn't very good, and it wasn't. (laughs) No. And what did you think of what did you think of the tribute video? We haven't talked about that that yet. I I I watched most of it, but I kind of skipped. I kind of skimmed through to the end because. I was busy watching the game and stuff, and I had to do something at halftime, so I didn't get to pay a lot of attention to it. But from what I saw, I thought they did, I thought it was well done. Yeah, it it's shows not only how Kemba felt about Charlotte, but a little mm-hmm. bit about how Charlotte felt about Kemba. Yeah. Um, when you have someone you know of the stature coming back, 
it takes the onus of the players who are on the team on the Hornets right now to step up and say, hey, yes, we've lost this huge leader of our basketball team, but we've got a team now that you can root for. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't happen. It didn't happen, <laughs> Jonathan. No. It... We did not look organized. <laughs> Rose Deer was horrible. P.J. Washington didn't have a great game. Um, the Cody Martin had a slam dunk. And yeah, two slam you dunks. would have thought like – Two, uh, I apologize, two slam dunks. <laughs> and when my wife saw that, she was like, oh, who's that guy? Like, is he going to be really good? I was like, calm down. <laughs> I'm going to be hearing about these two dunks from Jonathan all podcast tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. If he's, oh, I've got so many now. I I think he's <laughs> he has done well for himself. But um, I, I think, I don't know. I think the Hornets did well enough to put, like, a couple runs together to be exciting. Where like Kevin Harlan said on the broadcast, and I want to get more to the broadcast in a minute. Uh, he's like, "Here they come. This has been their mo," which I thought was really cool for people that haven't watched the Hornets like we have, either casual Hornets fans or people from other net. This they have a thing. Like they're not just like some cellar dweller for other NBA teams to beat up on. Like they have a they have a an attribute that sets them apart, which I thought was good for the the reputation of the the team and the brand, so to speak. Do now, you, it, well, how did you feel about Kemba Walker's performance in the game? Because I was like, well, at least I'll be able to watch Kemba <laughs> play against Charlotte, kind of do his thing. I think I set the over-under at 24 points for Kemba. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was too much. He, for, he looked extremely uncomfortable, I thought. Like he's He had before, he'd been taking like t- over almost 20 shots a game, I think. Yeah, his last three games, he had taken 19 shots every game and had been averaging about 19 shots per game for the season. And he took 12 against the Hornets. And he just didn't really look like he wanted to force the issue too much, you know? He was just kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, and I think he would have a hard time explaining it too. He just, he didn't look like himself. What do you you think? Did you hear the antidote about, did you hear the antidote about him this is the first time he's been in the visitor's locker room of the Spectrum Center since he got a random drug test while he was a Charlotte yeah, Hornet. Yeah, I did hear that. They said that on the pregame, and I think they alluded to it during the game, too. Yeah, so I think yeah, he was kind of – I think he was overwhelmed. He, that might be the word to look, describe because, I mean, he got teary-eyed during the uh, the intro like we talked about. There are a bunch of clips of him just, like, catching up with teammates. And I think there was even a play where, like, Devontae Graham Euro stepped around him when he tried to take a charge. And it looked like they were talking at each other and smiling. Like, Devontae saying, like, I know you're going to try to take that charge and all that stuff. So, I think it was tough for Kimba to play against, like, all – because it's, like, the same team he played with last year. It's like he's playing against all his old friends. Couldn't agree more. I think that Kimba – all right, so – Kemba scored 14 points because he was playing against Rozier. He actually ended up with a plus 20 for the game because Rozier yeah. was not good in this game. Rozier um, also looked overwhelmed also, by the moment and did not handle it as well. No, not at all. And I think all the Hornets were concentrated on Kemba not scoring a bunch of points. They really yeah. didn't want Kemba to like embarrass them while he was gone. Did you mm-hmm. have visions of sugar plums where you were like, man, I wonder what... Kemba Walker could do on this young emerging team in Charlotte? Uh, a little bit. I'm going <laughs> to, the only thing is like, and it's, it's slow down a little bit, but he doesn't fit the way they were playing when they were winning with their ball moving and stuff. 
Alex Kimmon, and he does like to play a little more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deliberately than yeah, the sure. the and recklessness of the young guys. Yeah. But I do I do want to see what he will look like with this team, and maybe we'll see it. We'll have like a LeBron James situation where he goes to Boston for a few years, gets some uh some you know big playoff experience, gets to go away from home for a little bit, and then he comes back to Charlotte for the last years of his career where it all started. Because I saw in the Athletic today or Thursday, Friday, today's Friday, uh, his mom even said she wants him to come back to Charlotte when he can when his contract's up for his the end of his career. Let's do it. Him and Steph Curry at 40 <laughs> years old apiece. Let's do it. We'll have Steph when he's 37 <laughs> and Kimba when he's 35. And we'll just, I don't know. I don't know. We just need young people to just like run around and give them the ball to shoot open threes. I'd love to see it happen. <laughs> I really hated to see the Hornets fall apart like that, though. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing about this team, uh, through the wins and losses that we've seen at the beginning of the season, they've really been able to gel and, get, like you said, move the ball. And even though they haven't been good on the defensive end, at least they've been able to push the progress and score the amount of points they need to to stay relatively yeah. in the game for the most part. And it just didn't happen against the Hornets. Now, granted, you're going against a team that has a lot of playoff experience, even though they're relatively young. Um, I just thought that they would rise at least a little bit to the occasion because they were at home, because the emotion might get to Kimba and the rest of the Celtics. Yeah, the 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 Celtics pressured a lot on defense more than we've seen, and the Hornets seemed very disrupted by it. Like the the Celtics would fight over the top of the handoffs that the Hornets like to use so much. Wouldn't work one or two times. They were just kind of like, well, I don't know what to do now. It's, we're supposed to do that part easy. And so I, I think, and then I also didn't like that they didn't seem to really have the the energy that they had had in their other like comebacks, you know, like it was like the Celtics pulled away, and normally that's when we see the Hornets like make a push, and they were just kind of like, eh, that's fine, we lose, whatever. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. And and the Celtics defense, Marcus Smart, uh, uh, uh Jason, uh, sorry, God, what is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Blanking on them. Yes, Jason Tatum, really controlled the the offense did what wasn't worried about the ball going uh to the corners i thought their defense was great and i mean like we said before it's just a different caliber team they're in a, a different level they're in a different spot in their franchise that they have expectations of not only playoff success but i think that they they expect to get to the western conference finals or the, i'm sorry the eastern conference finals. <laughs> that'd be very impressive if they got to the western conference finals um no, yeah, I mean they're six to one. They haven't they haven't lost since <laughs> they haven't lost since uh, opening night. So they're they're on a run. It's no shame in losing that game. One other thing I wanted to talk about before we move on uh, to the second half of the show, uh, watching the Hornets on TNT was really weird. I went to the wrong app. I went to the Fox Sports <laughs> Go app. <laughs> Not there. Did you get no. Did you get real scared when you saw it wasn't there? And did you know the game was at was, eight? I did know the game was at eight. I looked it up. I knew actually, like I knew it was on TNT. It's just my like, you know, instinct was to go to the yeah. Fox Sports app. So, do you always watch the game on the app when yes, you're not sir. at it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I watched it on TV, and um, watching it on TNT was weird, just because like TNT feels it's it felt so foreign hearing them talk about the Hornets, and 
like I even said on Twitter, like I'm almost surprised they even had like Hornets graphics and stats on hand. Like they're not just like scrambling to to put them all together, like start showing Bobcast logos and stuff because that's the last time they were on national TV like that. But the worst part about it, and I think people have kind of figured this out. I'm a big uh, Reggie Miller hater as a broadcaster. What you don't as, you, the state of you didn't the state of Charlotte <laughs> is a great state. It is the state of Charlotte <laughs> in in the the Carolina Hornets, uh, which Kevin Harlan did almost say at one point. He said Carolina. He caught himself. He's like Car- Charlotte Hornets. But um, there are a couple things that Reggie Miller. The one that got me last night was uh, he said I think he said James Borrego described P.J. Washington as a poor man's David West. And I don't think a head coach would describe their player as a poor man's anything. No, no. Also, I don't believe that he his game matches up very well with David West. No, David I don't West think was, so either. Yeah, he was a post scorer when he scored yeah. at all, right? Yeah, he's a post scorer that would shoot like elbow jumpers, and then he eventually, like when he was old, he would make some corner threes. But yeah. PJ Washington is not that. But but I just I don't know. I don't I didn't like the. I thought it was weird being on TNT. I liked. I like Kevin Harlan. I liked the national attention. I was a little concerned that it would be really, really like slanderous of the Hornets because the pregame show was, but the, the actual broadcast was okay. I'm assuming you didn't watch the pregame show on NBA TV, did you? No. Well, it's hosted by Stephanie Reddy, which was a nice little blast from the past. No. Oh, um, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for her getting, you know, national stage. But uh, they were talking about Kimba at one point and the way they've, framed his play Sharks play in Boston was like now that he's in Boston he has teammates that know how to play basketball and I was like, that's that's a little insulting it is a little insulting Jonathan but there were a lot of years in Charlotte where it was like him and Al Jefferson and no one else or yeah you know it, it, there's some truth in, in that statement and he is playing with the best team he's ever played on in his career. Would you disagree with that? No, 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 no doubt. There's he's absolutely playing with the best team, and he had played with bad teams for most of his career prior. But you would have thought he played with like players that have never touched a basketball and like couldn't and were like blind and just were like running on the wrong, <laughs> like shooting in the wrong basket and like running off the court in the middle of the game and stuff. Like the way they described it, it was like, see now Kimball Walker can make this pass for a layup and his teammate will make it like, well, I mean, he could have done that before. Like, it's, it's not that big of a different NBA team previously. So that was, yeah, that was it, a- you know, some, some of those Bobcats teams, um, you know, like Raymond Felton, um, <laughs> uh, Jared Dudley, uh, Nazair Muhammad, you know, didn't play with great, Great players. When... That, see that? Like, yeah. I mean, well, he didn't play with those guys, but like his first year when, when the Bobcats went seven and 59, like, yeah, that you can make a case then when he had like Ghana Jop and rookie Bismarck Biombo and Eddie Nahara and stuff like that. Then you can make a case like, yeah, he's been playing with guys that didn't know what basket to shoot on and stuff like that. But recently, no, it's they've at least been competent NBA players. Sure. Yeah. And in those years, he has taken us to the playoffs. We've gotten really close to the playoffs. Took the heat to the to seven games. It's just, you know, we're in the, on the national scene. They just don't even think about the Charlotte Hornets for the most part, which is why. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time we were on TNT? 
games ago. I think we played a game on yeah. TNT against like the Spurs. Back against when Kawhi was there and stuff. Like you said, we're surprised that they even have stats. They were probably on <laughs> Basketball Reference. <laughs> they're, calling I'm, the game. <laughs> they're like, uh, so what do you guys know about the Hornets? And they're like, well, they have Kimball Walker. It's like, nope, that's not true anymore. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Well, that's it. I don't know anything else. So, but I don't know. I'm, that's the last last primetime game of the year for the Hornets. So good job, Hornets. Uh Showing Good job, something on national TV, <laughs> <laughs> and now people will be relegated. Now we're uh, back to just all the games on local Fox Sports Southeast, and occasionally getting some on NBA TV when they play a good team on a Tuesday night. Right, and it was a bad loss, and then there's no getting around that. But we had a few wins before that losses. You called it a streak, I guess. Qualifying it as a streak means that there was three wins, so it's not a couple wins. It's a streak of wins, three wins. (laughs) It is. Um, And they played well in the context of those games. They won against the Warriors. They were away for that game. And, of course, they didn't have Steph. They didn't have Draymond. It was a really – and the Warriors, without Steph and Draymond, are really bad. Their depth isn't great. (laughs) Eric Pascal's their best player, a rookie second-round pick. Yeah, but they won 3,000 miles away from home, and that's got to count for something. Yeah, so there's there's good stuff that's happened lately. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit more detail on the other side of this break. So we'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the At The Hive podcast. It's time for who's buzzing and who's wasn't. You ready for this, Zach? Hey, I'm I'm buzzing. Let's do it. All right. All right. In a in a very sober manner, I'm buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, that's very good. Did you have that one written down too? No, I didn't. That's right off the cuff. It's impressive. Improv Would you like King to go of- first? Or are we going to start positive or negative? You want to buzz or you want to was and let's let's <laughs> uh, let's buzz <laughs> first. I want you to go first because you. Th- I think you know who I'm going to say. So who's who's your buzzing or your first buzzing? All right, sh- sure. So there are some low hanging fruit here, but I wanted to really shout out Malik Monk a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So what I see are that. the yeah, what are the problems with Malik Monk? The problems with the Malik Monk is that he can take those crazy hot shots where he has no, he doesn't get into the flow of the offense. the The defense is, has been lacking his entire career, and he's not. It doesn't seem like he's been coached. It doesn't seem like he's take either taking instruction or getting the right instruction for the first few games of this of this really early season. I've seen incremental good stuff from 
Malik Monk. I've seen him taking shots that are in the flow of the offense. I've seen him at least stay in front of his man on defense. <laughs> and I just wanted to shout out that Malik Monk, there seems to be a small spot in the, you know, he's averaging 18 and a half minutes per game, which is a large amount of minutes for this guy, about seven points per game, which is good because I don't want him clipping like, 18 shots and you know I want him to be in the in the rhythm of his offense and really trying to take instruction from Borrega and the other coaches and I'm I hope you know his PR is really PER is really horrible but I see that there's a little bit of growth in Malik Monk's game and I think it's because we're no longer thinking that he's going to be a starting shooting guard on this team it's kind of like we talked about earlier, the whole expect how expectations affect your perception, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. Like He's still working towards being a, a, a useful NBA player, a positive NBA player, but there are definitely he's definitely shown these little flashes, these little sparks of like, oh, I'm here. That happened yeah, there often. are times in that, yeah, there are times in that Kings game where he was solid. Both mm-hmm. on defense and and took responsible three pointers and and squared up and and made them. Yeah, and even he hasn't shot well in the last couple games, but I didn't. I thought his shot selection was good for the most part, which you know makes and misses are are fickle. Like you can't they'll come and go, but it, the process was good. Agreed. Agreed. Who who are you buzzing on this week? My favorite player that you hate that I like is Cody Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Cody Martin, but go no, ahead. No, I said you hate game. that I like Cody Martin. There we go. I hate <laughs> um, that you like him exactly. He, uh, but he, I said it, I tweeted it, and I'm just this is half the show is me just uh, repeating the things I tweet. Um, when he checked <laughs> in, <laughs> when he checked it's in against audio Twitter. Yeah, it's just I, my, the entire podcast is just me re- uh, reading my live tweets from the games. Um, that Cody Martin checked in against the Celtics, and I'm like, all right, here we go. The Hornets are going to go on a run. Because he was an integral in the Warriors in closing out that game, as horrific as that game was, and then sparking the run against the Pacers to come back from 14 points down at the start of the fourth quarter and send it into overtime. He's still not good on offense, but the energy and the defense and the fact that he recovers literally every loose ball that goes on the floor while he's on the floor... uh, He's a big. He's been a big positive impact player. He's a thief out there. He, he is. His, he's handsy. He's he is. on top of people, and it's good to see. And the the energy plays, like you said about the loose balls, that's how you get minutes as a rookie, especially as a second round rookie. Yeah, and he's doing those things, and it's that's good to see. He almost just stole the ball right away from uh, Malcolm Brogdon when Malcolm Brogdon was trying to set up to shoot a game winner. And it just unfortunately rolled over to Jeremy Lamb, who made the shot. But it was just like moment, other team's best player has the ball, and he's just like, nope, that's my ball. Yeah, and shout out to Jeremy Lamb making making jumpers. He's, he's still got Wish it. Wish that would have happened more in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> I have one Cody Martin <laughs> stat before we move on. Uh, his stat line against the Pacers, 33 minutes, two shot attempts, zero points. Plus minus of plus 27 in a game that the Hornets won by two. 
you know, sometimes <laughs> the stats don't say anything at all. <laughs> it's that's uh, that's called making an impact without making an, uh, putting numbers in the box score. And yeah, we all know that... he, uh, Cody Martin's just crested two points per game. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I says that not he's a very he's a zero on offense, but he does bring energy and he does dunk on people, and sometimes the Hornets need. Uh, that little pep in their step on the defensive end to kind of get things going, and he does provide that. Now, whether he that can make first his, dunk uh, he had in in the Boston game, where he dunked it and just like points to the other side of the court, and <laughs> it's like we're down twelve. <laughs> yeah, just, he was so excited, and I, I was excited for him. I'm not gonna lie about it. No, it was a big dunk, and it's on Robert Williams, who's a, a very difficult person to dunk over. So, kudos on him. Uh, kudos to him for that. Um, let's go to who's what, who wasn't, and I think, and we can transition that into some, or did you have any other buzzing candidates? No, I did not this week. Not this week. All right. All right. Who, 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 stretch for Malik Monk. Yeah. Who was, yeah, who wasn't? Yeah. And you know, when you get $20 million a year, we did this with, with Batum. It's easy to turn a mediocre performance into a horrible performance because they make this much money. But I'm not doing that with Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, in his career, in the eight games he's played uh, for the Hornets, has just not been good. So you can look at, it's easy to look at 15 points a game, uh, five assists a game, and say, hey, you know, he's, he's contributing to this team. But the thing about basketball is that there's two sides of the court. Right. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm going to read you his plus minus for the first eight games. Ready for this? This is this is just hot podcast content for you. Yeah. So let's let's hear it. Negative eight, negative 18, plus one, negative seven, negative 26, negative five, plus 11, plus seven. And in that one and 11 game against the Boston Celtics, he was negative 14. He is minus. not doing, yeah, he's not doing well. And, you know, it might change. It's only been eight games. It's the beginning of the season. But he's also not taking his performances very well. He looked, he was struggling and he looked like he was struggling against Boston. I guess he wanted to have a better game because it was his old team. But Terry Rozier is my wasn't for the for the week. And mine is a similar thing where we can kind of piggyback off of that. Mine is, I think, the same person I've said a couple times, and it's Dwayne Bacon, because I will not stop with this anti-Dwayne Bacon campaign that I'm on. I don't think he's an he deserves NBA it. player long term. <laughs> I don't. I just don't see it. I the way I described him after I, the most I've been out on him started with him scoring a career high 25 points against the Warriors. Like I came with and I'm like, you know what? Dwayne Bacon just scored a career high. I'm out. Best game of his career. I'm out. Don't see it. What is it? Is there something that happened in the late season last season where he was, you know, he wasn't great. People um, imagine that he had, you know, a 
the last half of last season that he had a, a an amazing season that set him up set him up for you know a, a better season going forward is there something that he did last season in the last half of the season that he's not doing now or do you think he's just not making the shots and that's it that i think he baskets? he was he capitalized on being a tertiary option behind Kimball Walker and Jeremy Lamb and even Frank Kaminsky to an extent and had easy looks because of that. And then it's a small sample. So, you know, any spurts. And I think the, the, the added defensive pressure and the added, just the added sample size in general is bringing out his true colors. It's hard to be a a shooting guard and shoot 24% from the three point line. It's hard to do it. The way I described it, do you know what the Peter principle is in business? Oh God, man, you're gonna make me look dumb. No, I have no idea what the no. Peter it's it's funny. Is. I ask a lot of. I've asked a couple of people this since I brought this up, and a lot of people say no. So I maybe should clarify. It's basically that people in a hierarchy of business or anywhere else will rise to the level of their incompetence. So like, okay, yeah, I've heard yeah. Of this before. I didn't know. Yeah, it's called the Peter get, Yeah, so you get. You get promoted. If you're good at your job, you get promoted. And if you're good at that job, you get promoted. And you keep getting promoted until you're not good at your job anymore. So I'm using that to describe Dwayne Bacon as a basketball player. So what he does is if he comes out and he's not making shots and he's playing poorly, he'll just be like, well, this isn't my night. And he kind of just doesn't do anything. Right? Mm-hmm. So then we I'm have games. You. So we have games like the Warriors game where Dwayne Bacon feeling himself a little bit. He's making some shots. He's playing relatively well. So to do what Dwayne Bacon does. He's like, I got this. This is my team. I'm winning this game. And he will keep forcing the issue more and more and more until he's now playing bad again. So basically, Dwayne Bacon will play. He will and he's been, prom- the- he's been promoted yeah, it's like he'll be promoted from like yeah. third option to second option to first option. I like this. I like this. <laughs> and so the better he plays, the more he forces the issue. And he won't stop forcing the issue until he's no longer playing well. So to me, he's just incapable of playing well because he can't settle into a role where he's... And that's why I'm out on Dwayne Bacon. I love this. And it, and it brings us... So that brings us to the next topic that we wanted to discuss, which is... Should James Borrego change the lineups for this team? So if Dwayne Bacon is struggling, Terry Rozier is having off nights like every other game, do you experiment with, and we t- I talked about this a little bit in the Kings game, with kind of a combo guard situation where you bring Devontae Graham either as the shooting guard to Rozier's point guard or vice versa? Um, the defense might struggle a little bit but Dwayne Bacon is not giving you any defense, so I don't think that's going to happen either. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. You're not really losing anything defensive if you take Dwayne Bacon out of the game, other than he's bigger. But that doesn't really matter because he doesn't. It doesn't matter if you don't <laughs> stay in front of your. Guy, yeah, exactly. or yeah, or like put a hand up on shooting or anything. But um, I I think it's something that is worth thinking about right now. I don't think it's quite time to like pull the trigger on it yet because it's only what nine games into the season, eight yeah. games into the season. But it's, it, I think it's definitely something that Bear is watching. Um, I think Terry Rozier stays in the starting lineup for the foreseeable future, but I do think it's possible either by Graham or Monk. Um, 
it's tough to put Graham in there because it makes it, I think it'd be tough for Borrego to stagger the lineup so that they have a, one of the point guards on the floor at all times if they start together. But it's definitely doable. Well, we could see a little, little Kobe Simmons in there as a backup point guard. That would play man, some, be play uh, some Cody Martin at point guard or bring Nick Batum back to run the offense for the second unit. There are a lot of good <laughs> options down back there. <laughs> And it would be really embarrassing for the franchise to have two $20 million guys coming off the bench when Batum gets healthy and if you decided to uh, have Rozier come off the bench, which, again, way too early to even talk about it. Um, I think that Rozier can bounce back for sure. But I do want to see, I mean, uh, Graham's minutes are already going up. I would like mm-hmm. to see a way that we could incorporate him, especially because I think you and I both agree that Bacon is not a starting shooting guard. No, I, I definitely want to see uh, some more of Bacon's minutes go to Monk over the next couple of weeks. Not that Monk has been super, super good either. He's been better, but I do want to see him with more time on the court to see if he can kind of find a groove a little bit. Yeah, and we're talking about a team that isn't going to win a lot of games this season. No. and and you have to allow people to get minutes and experiment a little bit with the offense. Um, Especially if you think that these players are going to be on this team for the foreseeable future, which I'm not a hundred percent on, but I think you, if you're Borrega, you have to play it like that. Yeah. You got to, you know, put different players in different situations. See how they respond. Like Malik Monk has never started. I don't think he started a game in his career. And so, you know, maybe he is just one of those guys that plays better if he starts the game. We've never seen that from him. Um, and it's a dice you know, roll, maybe. and all, you should just be rolling the dice all the time with this team. Yeah, the the worst thing that can happen is that the Hornets lose, and the Hornets are going to lose anyway, so really there's no risk. That's just fun stuff, man. That's just, like, <laughs> positive, uh, optimistic kind of stuff. But it's it's, it's true, and we can yeah. only talk, tell the truth. No, we're truth yeah. sayers around here. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I hope if you tune in here for nothing but sunshine and rainbows, I'm sorry that you're very disappointed that we, that the Hornets will lose. Sorry to break. Yeah, and I hope you. it's your first time listening because I've been doing this since we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so looking ahead, we got a pretty yeah, air couple days. Like the Hornets play back to back Saturday and Sunday which is weird. They only do that twice all year, and I don't think that happens very often in general. The Wednesday against the Grizzlies, then Friday at home. So I think we'll focus on those next these next three uh, for this episode. We'll worry about the Detroit game next week. So we have at home yeah. for the Pelicans, at the 76ers, and home for the for Memphis. We'll start off with the, the easy question, or the quick question. What is those three games? Yeah, I'd say one and two. I think that um, specifically, specifically, it would be hard to win against the new. I think the Pelicans are, is the real question in this three-game mm-hmm. spread. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think the at Philadelphia is a for sure loss. Yeah, especially um, back to back traveling yeah. to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So it becomes down to what they do against New Orleans and Memphis. Um, I don't think they win both. And New Orleans does seem like the team that would be harder to deal with of the two. Yeah, and you know, Memphis has not been good this season either. Um, 
I think that I like the New Orleans team. I like the Lakers that they got in the trade. Um, mm. Brandon Ingram has been a revelation since he started playing. And even without Zion, I think I think they should win this game. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get one of those, hey, we love playing together as a team. <laughs> We're at home. I think it's a retro night at home, too. And oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, and maybe they, they get a win out of it. There'll be not a lot of people in the uh, Spectrum Center because it's a, a college football night. But I think there's a possibility we could win that game and go 2-1, and one, but I'm betting we go 1-2 and two going into the home game against Detroit on Friday. Yeah, they, they definitely planned that retro night with the expectation that Zion will draw for them. To, with the retro night and Zion Williamson in town, but then Zion getting hurt kind of threw a wrench into that whole thing. But yeah, the, yeah, the man, old... I'd love to see Zion Williams play a game before we talk about his Hall of Fame career. But that's a, <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Hey, he's like he said, like a rookie record for preseason scoring. That's enough for me. Um, <laughs> the other thing, unfortunate thing about the Pelicans is that the Hornets don't play them again until the fifth to last game of, of the season in April. So like there's a good chance that the Pelicans are out of it. And then Zion, they just shut him down again at the end of the year. And then we just don't get to see him at all against the Hornets. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'll be good to see again, Zion Williamson play anything, dribble a <laughs> basketball with any meeting at all, period. It should be good to see him come back. Even if it's not against the Hornets. Yeah. Let's, so, but let's I'm just a little basketball get played. I am disappointed that we don't get to see him in person. Uh, 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 yeah, agreed. He would absolutely kill this team with the way they've defended the interior this season. He'd he'd go for 35, 40 points. Oh, just wait for that 76ers game on a back-to-back. <laughs> Joel Embiid's going to look like a Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, which, yeah. he's Him and then Ben Simmons does all of his scoring around the basket, too. So it's just watch out for 100 points in the paint for the Philadelphia 76ers. But, yeah, yeah, you can think... miss me on Ben Simmons, by the way. I trade yeah. him for Trey Young right now. I don't hate it. Very, very good. But it's really tough, especially if you have Joel, Joel Embiid already. It's, it's. I think it's tough to win without, you know, any shooting coming from your point guard position. Yeah, yeah. It's always, it's always handy to have a point guard who can shoot. <laughs> yeah, it works well in the regular season. But like, if they play the Celtics or something in the the playoffs again, where they just have kind of build a wall in front of him so he can't go through you. He's kind of he's kind of out of ideas. Yeah, which is again why you, you can miss me on Ben Simmons. But <laughs> even though I I am predicting, you know, one and two in the next three games, I'm predicting a bunch of losses this season. I am pleasantly surprised that A this is a fun team to watch and B <laughs> that I'm getting a lot of messages from my friends saying, "Hey, you know, the Hornets are are playing the Kings right now. I'm watching the game, and it looks like they're a fun team. Look at this PJ dude, you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't I, – coming into the season, I didn't know how this team was going to win or if they – I thought it was going to be a slog all season. But I've also been pleasantly surprised that it's like even if they're not playing well, they're, not, they're going on little spurts where they show, you know, give you reason to be excited for the future, and they're hitting four three-pointers in a row and dunking on everybody and just – you know, making highlights. If you make highlights, you can lose the game and still be fun. 
For sure, especially for guys like us who are watching almost every minute. Yeah, just make it fun for us. That's all we care about. <laughs> <laughs> Losses can be fun, too. Losses can be fun, too. We just found the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't hate it. That's all we got for you guys this week. Tune in to us again next week where we recap all the games we just looked ahead to. And we'll see you later. Peace out.